0: The Hebrew word for God in the text is EO, E L. in reference to our Lord, represents, number one, the unquestionable God the God that does things that you don't have to doubt who did it. When L does something, you don't have to wonder who did it. It's just like when I look at some of you and and how God saved you. I don't have to wonder how you came out of the hole you were in. I don't have to question how you came out of the pit you were in. I know God did it. I love to hear testimonies of how God delivered you raise you up, change your life completely for the better. But when I look at your life, I know the only way you could have come from A to Z is that L got a hold of you. God is the only one I know that, that can Deliver somebody that's wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in sin. When folk look at you before you even tell them you saved, they know God brought you out. Let me see them hands of folk that when folk look at you, they know God done changed your life. They don't, they, don't have, they don't ask you about no hospital. They don't ask you about no this, that, or the other. They can just look at you and know God done got a hold of you. Come on, let me see them hands. I right, had folks, tell me, you saved now. I can tell God done got a hold of you. And many of us, people look at us and know the reason we talk. Different from what we used to talk is simply because of hell. The unquestionable God. The God that when he does something, is no doubt who did it. But he is also the invincible God. The God that cannot be defeated. Let me just break it down in country terms. Nobody can beat God. Nobody can beat God. Look at somebody and tell them, no thing can beat God. God is in a class by himself. He's unbeatable. Now now think about that in reference to John 1 and 1 and following. Which says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Simply put. God's word. Cannot be defeated. A man's word cannot overpower God's word. Man can say something and put a period on it. But God can turn around and cause man not only to remove the period but to change his words. He did it in the Bible. When Nebuchadnezzar had put certain laws in place and and, uh, the people around him and said these these laws, they can't be changed, but then God showed up. And all of a sudden, what couldn't be changed was changed simply because of hell. Simply because of our God that cannot be defeated. God and his word is so powerful to where Isaiah revealed in Isaiah 55. Once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void or empty. But it will accomplish everything that he sent it to do. It does not matter what's going on when God releases his word. Whatever he sent it to do that's what's going to manifest. Whatever God ordained for it to bring to pass that's what's going to happen. Does not matter the time. Does not matter the season. Does not matter the atmosphere. Does not matter what man is saying. God has the final say. Y'all ain't happy yet. Let me go somewhere else. I said, God has the final say. See, you got to understand when you're dealing with hell, you're dealing with a God that does the impossible. We ain't talking about no Buddha. We ain't talking about false gods. We're talking about a God that is known for doing the miraculous. I got to show you what Jesus said. Because y'all ain't happy yet. Go with me to Matthew. Chapter 19. And notice what Jesus. Said. In reference. To God. Y'all there? Matthew 19 26. Jesus looked at them and said to them with men this is impossible it can't be done but with God all things are possible are doable that's the reason we, we have to say it ain't over until God says it's what over he does the impossible and see you ain't you ain't even got to cross the street to see whether or not God does the impossible all you got to do is pull out your mirror or touch yourself and say, I am an act of God. I am something that folks said it never would happen. Where you are right now, your kin folks never thought you would be in that place. What happened? The impossible God caused it to come into being. Some of you shouldn't even be alive right now why are you still breathing the impossible God calls it to come into being some of you seven years ago you didn't know you didn't know what you were going to do you didn't know what where you were going to be, but now God bless you beyond measure. Bottom line, he done put a Luke 6 and 38 on you. He done caused the good measure, the press down, the shaking together, and the running over to happen in your life. Why did it happen? Because the God of the impossible manifested his presence in your life and you haven't been the same since. And, and I love some of y'all because God done bless you, but you ain't got uppity, you ain't got sedity, you still will give God the praise. You still will turn in victory. You still a leap for joy. You still will let folks know, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do me like Jesus Some of you are walking miracles. Even the doctor had told you you wouldn't go make it. But look at you right now. You are a living testimony. You may not be exactly where you want to be but you show. Look at somebody and tell them he's talking about me. Don't be ashamed. Tell somebody else, he's talking about me. You know, you have these folks that, that say stuff and act like they have the final say. <laughs> Mr. Walker, I am an authority. Well, I know you are an authority. I know you got the papers and all that, but you ain't understanding what I'm saying. With men, this is M possible a man with papers or without papers can't do what God can do with God all things are possible God can just say it and make it happen love God because when he tells you what he's going to do he backs it up God tells you things like look you ain't got to be fearful I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you I'll be with you always even to the ends of the age I'll be right here with you no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. The enemy may come in different ways but he'll flee even more ways than he came in. Who can make such promises and back them up? nobody but our God. Nobody but our Jesus. That's the reason again we tell folk can't nobody but nobody do y'all ain't happy over here yet. Let me go over here. Can't nobody but nobody do us like our Said to your neighbor, I don't know what you're going through right now. But you got to remember that God is. I said, you got to remember that God is. What are you talking about, preacher? God is. He exists. He is sovereign. He is still in charge. He is still watching over his children. He is still making this, that, and the other happen, not only in the heavens, but in the earth. That's the reason David penned, the earth is the Lord's and is fullness. God is. You got folks thinking talking and acting like God does not exist like God is not in control I know he's in control and there's nobody big enough or bad enough to overthrow him And see, David contextually wanted the people of God to acknowledge that God is. Because you got folk that walk around that act like God and ran in a corner somewhere. Acting like God doesn't stop moving, doesn't stop blessing, like God doesn't shut up the heavens. God still exists. God is still doing what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have entered into the heart of For God is still doing exactly what He said. Shout at somebody, God is. His characteristics have not ceased. He's still omnipotent. Still has all power. He, he still has on the table and, it, and, and it's been on the table for thousands of years. When, when he asked Sarah the question, is there anything too hard for me? Say to your neighbor, is it's still on the tape? Oh, yeah. Some of y'all, some of y'all didn't hear that. I, I said, it's still on the tape. Can God make a way home out of no way? Yes. There's nothing too hard for Him. It's still on the. Can God do what the doctor said couldn't be done? Yes. It's still on the table. Why? Because God heals. That's where you never take somebody's word for something that God hadn't revealed to you. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. I ain't going to do nothing until God tells me to do. I ain't going to think the way you want me to think because God didn't tell me to think that way. you trying to make me feel as if a weapon that has been formed is going to prosper, going to overwhelm me. But my God promised me no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Even told us, I'll make your enemies. Your foot's too. Woo, y'all ain't happy in this middle section. These folk over here, they done woke up. They getting happy. Y'all ought to give God a praise over here and let the middle section know you're going to praise him in the house. Woo, God is so good. <laughs> that, that There are so many things that I can say In reference to who God is. I can tell you personal things. I can tell you things I know about different members. That say that God exists. That God is. I I can tell you things about folk in the Bible. I can tell you things about folks across the country. specifically said I want you to deal with the two things in the text that David revealed in reference to who I am and the reason they are relevant And they are ramos for many that are in here. He starts off by saying, Our God is the God of salvation, God known for rescuing folk. God is known for rescuing hard cases. God is known for turning things completely around. Our God is the God of salvation. And we're living witnesses. When I initially got in the church, we used to think salvation was just being delivered from unrighteousness to righteousness. Delivered from sin to the righteousness of God. Understood point blank. Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God eternal life but you only think it was, it was a one time thing where he delivers you from sin changes your life but salvation is something that continues yes God can deliver you from anything there is nothing too hard for God addicts have been delivered whore mongrels have been delivered liars cheaters, midnight ramblers have been delivered But then once we get saved and mess ourselves up financially God will turn around and deliver us. Mess your own self up. Who, Who comes to get you out of what you messed up? God. That's the reason David decreed our God is the God of salvation. Nobody can save you like God saves you. But see, we have to embrace that. See, see, you—you you should never allow to come out of your mouth as a mature Christian that you don't know what you're gonna do. A babe, yeah, I understand that. But you've been in the church for years. And you get on the predicament and you get to talking. You don't know what you're going to do. Wait a minute. Wait now. If God brought you out of that. He'll bring you out of this. If God saved you in 71. And 84. Y'all hear what I say 84. Not 4. 84. That same God will bring you out in 2020. Our God is the God of salvation. And see salvation from a biblical standpoint goes further than Webster. Webster talks about salvation as being rescued from danger, injury, and such But biblically speaking, when you consider the doings of God from Genesis to Revelation, you understand the salvation of God is threefold. Yeah, God rescues you. He delivers you from whatever you're wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in. But then God turns around and he protects you. He he protects you often from yourself. But he not only rescues and protects you, he turns around and he causes you to prosper. God has called you to prosper to the point to where the thing that once could turn you any which way it desired can't even touch you anymore. Ain't that amazing? Remember when crack used to call your name and you would answer. But God prospered you so spiritually, mentally, and in your being to where you can be around crack addicts, but you don't think, period, about crack in reference to using it. Why? Because he has saved you, delivered you, protected you and prosper you to the point to where the one thing you know you're not going to do is what used to have you tie- wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up. Our God is the God of, help me, and salvation, biblically speaking, is threefold. He delivers. Help me, he And he prospers. One more time. He. Oh, y'all sound so good all in the house. Look at somebody across the room and say, Our God. God Is the God of salvation. salvation. He. Now the reason he deemed God the God of salvation is because no one else can do what he does in reference to salvation. No one. No one can save like our God. Say, to your neighbor, nobody. nobody. I need to show you a couple examples. Y'all ready? Let's go to the book of Exodus. Lord have mercy. Exodus 14. I'm going to read for a minute. Because I, I want you to get this story. I'm going to read kind of fast. But yeah, So y'all stay with me. Exodus 14. I'm going to start at verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Wait, some of y'all still turning. Come on now, get there. Second book in the Bible, 14th chapter, 13th verse. All right, Exodus 14, 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, stand still. Quit looking at that TV 24 7. Stand still. Quit listening to what all these folks saying. It's guessing, opinionated, and so forth. Stand still. Well, why do you want me to stand still and not look at the TV? Now, hear what everybody is saying. You know, I like to hear what different folks are saying. Reason being, stand still and see who, what? The salvation of the Lord. Which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today. You shall see again, no more, but notice forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, "Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forth. Don't just get to the point to where you're stagnating. Stand still. Get your focus right." And once you get your focus right, go forward. Follow the omniscient God. Verse 16. Said to Moses, but lift up your water and stretch it out and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And anyway, where God going to control the sea. See, stand up, so my children can come on through. At another time, it was a storm on the sea, and Jesus just simply said, "Hey, be quiet, peace, be still." Say to your neighbor, "We ought to know who our God is." Verse seventeen, and I indeed will harden the hearts. Of the Egyptians and they shall follow them so I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Now notice he wanted sinners to know that he was the Lord. But one of the saddest things is his children acted like they didn't know he was. The God of salvation. Y'all say with me. Verse 19, and the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Notice his salvation. They're going to see his salvation, so notice what happened. He protected them protecting them he making sure that that when it comes to the egyptian side that number one the angel he done move from being ahead of them to behind them making sure ain't nobody gonna get to God's children but then he done change the atmosphere but remember what he said you're gonna see what the salvation But if you're not focused even in the day and time we're living in, you won't see God's salvation. Why? Because you're so caught up. Just like the world. Y'all stay with me. Y'all all right? Verse 20. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other. Again, protection all that night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. And notice what he's doing. He, he's making the way of salvation. Before they even move, he's making the way of salvation. Making sure they're going to be delivered. And notice how. In a miraculous way. Y'all know you ain't never heard this being done. Verse 22. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And the waters were walled to them on their right hand. And on their left, and the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now it came to pass in the morning, watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud. And he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said let us free from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. And there you see his protection again. But remember what he told them eventually, you're going to experience or see what? Salvation. You're going to see it. And now here we see that deliverance is happening because they're walking on dry ground. The Egyptians trying to walk in the salvation that God only promised to his children. And God said, no, you can't have what I'm giving my children. So he troubled them. Cause something to happen to the Egyptians. According to verse 25, verse 26. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth, while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. But the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were walled to them on their right hand and on their left. So the Lord, helped me, save Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and His servant Moses. Say to your neighbor, they believed the Lord, they believe the Lord. And, his and his servant. Tell him his servant's name. The they believed him. They believed him. But notice in, 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 the, in the passage, what do you see? You see salvation. But you specifically see, breaking it down, them being delivered, protected, And prospering. Look at that prosperity. Having your enemies defeated. And you didn't have to live one weapon. Y'all alright? Let's go to the book of Job. The book of Job chapter 13. Lord of mercy. Y'all stay with me. Job 13. We'll start at verse 15. Now this is, this is Job in the midst of trouble. Don't ever think just because you're going through trouble that you're not going to experience God's salvation. Amen. Salvation is a promise to God's people. He's going he to save you. But don't ever think, just because you're going through a little something, something, that God can't save you. Or you're going through a lot. Don't think he can't save you. Because he can. Now again, Job, at this particular time, was going through something. But consider Job 13, starting at verse 15. Job said, though he a God slay me. Job knew that the only reason certain things were happening to him was because God allowed it. And if you ever go through something as a child of God, you have to know that God permits certain things to happen. God could have stopped Daniel from being thrown into the lion's den before they put him in there. But he allowed it to happen. Why? Purpose. Purpose. One, one, one purpose Paul revealed to us. He, he said, look, the things that happened before time are written for our what? Learning. Here we go. We done seen Exodus. That was for our learning. We need to understand that God is our God of salvation. And, he, and if need be, he'll do the miraculous for us. Even though you got them folks, there ain't no way that can happen because these are the findings I have. Well, I don't care what your findings say. God's words say he'll do the miraculous. But notice, Job said, though he slay me, yet will, I, yet will I trust him. So even though he was in trouble, in trials, he had made up in his mind, I'm going to trust him. You permitted this, but I'm still going to trust you. And he went on to say, even so, I will defend my own ways before him. See, his his friends wanted him to to say that. Look, you've been sinning, you're wrong. That's reading this happening. But well, see, Job's and no, I'm I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to defend myself because I know what I've been doing, and God know what I've been doing. So I ain't going to be wrong because you want me to be wrong. <laughs> you can't let folk control your life. You can't let folks dictate to you what you can and can't do. Especially when it's in contrast to the will of God. And sadly, that's what Joe's friends wanted. They, they wanted him to do it, Everything that they was telling him to do. And Joe said, no, I'm going to defend my way say, God, let me go through this, but I, I, I still ain't going to say what you want me to say. Think what you want me to think or do what you want me to do. I'm going to defend my own way. Before him. But then verse 16 he says this. Now remember he's in trouble. But he said he also shall be my salvation. The very one that allowed me to get in this. That permitted this to happen. It's going to be the same one that's going to bring me out. Job, Job deemed him his redeemer. He's going to redeem me. But notice he goes on to say, For a hypocrite could not come before him. No way I I would be trusting him to bring me out if I was a hypocrite. He is the God of our salvation. Our God is the God of salvation. In my clothes, notice the latter part of Psalm 68 and 20. Let's consider it one more time. I'm going to read it. He went up, the psalmist went on to say, And to God the Lord belong, escapes from death. See, death, death in scripture in one sense is the enemy. How many understand that? Let's go to 1 Corinthians the 15th chapter real quick. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. Now there is a blessed death. There's a blessed side of death. Uh, John the Revelator said blessed are those who die in the Lord. So there's a blessed side of death, but you also have to recognize that there is an enemy of death. Again, 1 Corinthians uh, 15. Didn't I say 15? Okay, notice uh, 15 and 27, I think. Wait a minute, that may not be it. Hold on. Okay, 26. Notice, 1 Corinthians 15, 26. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is what? See, death is an enemy. You got to look at death more than one way. Death can be, again, a blessing. And it's only a blessing when we die in the Lord. Or when we die to sin. But then we also have to look at death as an enemy. That the thief uses. Jesus said in John ten ten, the thief comes not before the what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Death comes to take folk out. You're holding on? Before their time. It's once appointed for a person to die, but sometimes death will try to show up and cheat you out of life. That type death is a thief. Again, John 10, 10, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I have come. Why? That you might have life and that you might have it more abundant. And it's not just about death in a physical sense, which means the end of existence on earth. Figuratively, death represents pestilence. I say figuratively, death represents pestilence. pestilence. One synonym of pestilence is a pandemic. A plague. A virus. I'm going to give you an escape. From death. Who going to give it to you? God. People away no man to do what God said He would do. Some of y'all get mad at me now. That's the reason I was careful in just breaking this little scripture down. See, while ago you were shouting, "Oh yeah, to, to our God belongs salvation." I'm still talking about the same text. the escape from death belongs to who? God. Man has always been known to put a band-aid on something. (laughs) Do you know billions of dollars have been spent on cancer and there's still no Why? It's too much money in it. Too much money being made. And what's going on right now? You'll get a whole lot of promises, but it's too much money. And same when it comes to every major thing. Why do these things not being cured and all this money being spent? Because there's too much money. There are certain things you have to just depend on your God to do. And when you say stuff like I'm saying, folks will get upset. They'll get mad. They'll think he he ain't using common sense and they will be right. Especially because I believe to God belongs salvation and to the Lord belongs the escapes. Of death. I done lost my amens here, here, and there. Oh, I'm going to teach it in a house. L- listen to this Death is an enemy. And this enemy will try to take out children of God before their time. One thing that that I'm I'm determined, I'm not going nowhere until God is, is my time. Who you think you are? I'm a Bible person. Hebrews 9 and 27 is once appointed for a person to die. But I'm not going to allow people to cause me to focus on something that can cause me to enter into a state. And I give room to the enemy. And the enemy come in. And take me out. See, the Bible tells us, do not give any room to the devil. Death is a demon. Death, the enemy, is a demon. It's a spirit that tries to kill. You understand what I'm saying? I just lost some of y'all. Let me close it. Again, Psalm 68 and 20. Last part. And to God the Lord belong escapes from what? I'm going to show you how to come out of it. Let me show you something. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. verse 13 show you how God would give his children an escape this is what Paul said to the church 1 Corinthians 10 13 no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. And see whether we Christian or not we're going to experience some of the same things. Right? Because of where we are. Earth. Earth is not heaven. But then notice this. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make what? The way of escape. That you may be able to what? To bear it. I'm going to show you your way I'm going to make sure you have a way of escape. If God has to shut down certain things for you to get out of. Something he'll do. Woo, last scripture. Let's go to the book of Daniel. The 6th chapter. Now they had put certain laws in place that that basically would affect the worship of Daniel. people that had went to King Darius and and wanted certain laws to be in place that would affect the way folks worship. Now notice what happens. uh, Daniel 6 and 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees Three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, but notice this, as was his custom since early day. He wasn't going to break his custom. See, God had told him to do something and it had become a custom to him and he was not going to allow law to change that. Verse 11, then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And, w- and they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who, who petitions any God or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, to the king, uh, this thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persian, which does not alter or, or change. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah... O king, well, one of the captives from Judah does not show due regard for you. Lord, have mercy. That sounds like one of y'all. <laughs> o king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. You're going to worship anyhow, right? And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with who? Himself. And set his heart on, on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. What he did affected a man and he was gonna make it his business to get the man out of it. Use him, Lord. Cause if the Lord make your enemy your footstool, the footstool can't help you, can it? Lord of mercy. 16. So the king gave command and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, your God whom you serve continually, he will what? He's going to bring you out. Because see, see, if he was cast into the lion's den, that was automatic death. Everybody they put in the lion's den up until this time died. And so when folk heard that Daniel was going to be put into the lion's den, they knew he finna die. Some of them probably, Daniel finna be gone. Say to your your neighbor, but to God God belongs belongs the escape of what? Death. Yeah. Y'all stay with me now. Now notice what happens in verse 18. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting and no, no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king Spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, King, live forever. My God has sent His angel and shot the lion's mouth. God's angels get physical. According to this verse, they get physical. I wonder if he'll allow an angel to beat up somebody for me. I'm just trying to make sure I got y'all attention. Just hold on. Don't, 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 don't let that be the only thing you remember about the message now. That's just to get your attention. But notice. He said that the, that the Lord had caused his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever found on him because he believed in his what? Verse 24, and the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions. Them, their children, their wives, and the lions overpowered them. So they were hungry. It wasn't that they put Daniel in and they went home. hungry. They were hungry. And broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. They were real honk, And I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise.